So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. This episode is brought to you by the Crisp Copy Class, part course, part community, all class. Join smart, funny, brilliant businesswomen, including me, I'm in there too, and learn to write your own website and email copy with style. Find out more at crispcopy.com.au. Now, how much do you put the you in the you online? Are you trying to build a brand and a business hiding in the shadows, hoping your professional self will come across as brilliant and engaging without taking the terrifying leap of making yourself truly visible? Look, I will write copy for anyone who is amazing, who doesn't build high rises in rural areas and would never leave a puppy in a hot car, but I only teach women in business how to write the copy they really mean. And I might be painting all women in business with the broad brushstrokes of generalization here, but I think I'm pretty well positioned to say this, women in business are a little bit shit scared to appear online and for good reason. But for any of you who have tried to build connection online while trying not to be visible or (gasps) gasp, talking about yourselves in the third person, you might be feeling the frustration of getting little to zero traction. And why is that? Because human hearts make buying decisions, especially big financial or emotional ones, and human hearts need human voices to buy from and connect to. So today we're talking to Lucy Tian, PR Maven and Wish Granter, about the concept of transparency in branding. Hey, Lucy! Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course I was going to have you. My favourite PR person. Duh. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Um, now, I love this concept and I've got a lot to say about the labels that we use around, you know, things we're going to talk about, authenticity. And, and transparency is the one that you wanted to kind of talk about and obviously that's something that you, you probably have to do like a lot of pre-education for clients about what it means yeah. um, and, and what it is and what it isn't. So tell us about why transparency in brand building is not an option. You just can't leave it out. Transparency in any business is something that has to be considered from the very grassroots of every procedure that your business builds. It's not just about the pretty, you know, visions and missions that you type up and put proudly on your website. (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) Because that's the easy part. (laughs) That is the easy part. It's really about building transparent key messages. So the messages that you want to keep um, putting forward to your audience that really show what your business is about all the time, not just the salesy stuff. Um, Putting those key messages forward to your target audience while still making sure that you can put your best shiny self forward, but that you're not keeping anything in the dark. Um, I mean, you can never really cover yourself 100% from having something go wrong in your business. You can do all the right things, but as all business owners can attest, there's really no accounting for employees. So things (laughs) do happen. Um, But there's no PR crisis that has ever started with the truth. Every single time it comes out of a lie. People will forgive a mistake in business if you've been honest with them from the very beginning. You've built that brand trust, but no one forgives a lie. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think like a really, a little example of that is, you know, you see women who have been in business for only a little while and they've got their first bad review on Facebook and they Mm -hmm. come, you know, into their big... um, Facebook online groups for women in business and they're like panic stations because what am I going to do? Because, you know, maybe I didn't send it as quickly as I could have, or maybe it did get damaged in the post, or maybe I did do something wrong and didn't follow my normal procedures. And they're, they're just at panic stations trying to figure out what, 
to say about it. And in lots of cases, you know, somebody will give the good advice. And in lots of cases, it's true. If you're super upfront and say, you know what, we made a mistake, but we're trying our best to fix it. Let's have a conversation about how that can work. That actually works to your business's advantage rather than... Absolutely. And a lot of people's gut reaction is to jump onto their Facebook business manager and hide their review section, which is the worst (laughs) thing that you can possibly do. Because first of all, it makes that person that made the negative review feel really unheard, which means that the next thing they're going to do is go, right, they censored me and they're going to jump onto Google. They're going to jump onto Yelp. They're going to shout from the rooftops yeah. any way they can because you took away their voice, which is just not on. They're just going to get um, louder. Exactly. And you know what? If you've never had, if you've got, you know, 200 odd reviews and not one is even a little bit not super happy, yeah. people aren't going to think that that's real because that is not real life. Yeah, um, right. so The best thing that you can do if you do get that negative review is as you said, get on there and say, hi, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention if they hadn't already spoken to you um, and really mean it and say, you know, we're really sorry that this happened to you. We want to talk to you. We're going to fix this. We're going to make it better because people know that things happen. It happens all the time. Shipping gets delayed for some reason. But, you know, if, you're, if you order something online and your shipping is delayed and you're wondering where it is and then you get a proactive email from that person saying, hey, we're so sorry. Shipping was delayed. Here's 10% off your next order. You suddenly don't care. You feel no, great about you're it. You're happy. Yeah, you're super happy. <laughs> you're like, whoa, yeah, 10% off. It's really about, <laughs> yeah, it's really about just getting there and saying, hey, we're so sorry. We know that there was an error, but we want to make it right for you because we care about our customers and you have to truly care about your customers well that's yeah that's a whole separate thing right because if if you (laughs) if you don't if you yeah then you're not well you won't be listening to this podcast anyway because you'll be like i know everything that there is to know and i don't need any help from them um yeah look i i totally get you and i know you and i've had this conversation privately so you know hey let's now make it public um but i know that a lot of people hit you up once Um, to help them once they've like totally hit the skids, like something's gone massively wrong. And I think they think that like PR people are like the mafia cleanup crew, you know, those folk that you call in the big guns when something's like bleeding out and it's dead on the floor and you're like, oh no, now I really need someone to fix this. They seem to think that we've got just journalists on our payroll or something. Yeah, they can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, like if, if you are, thinking about like, oh, PR is not really for me because nothing's gone wrong yet. How do you think, how can we rethink PR so that we're on the front foot and like make it part of brand building rather than um, reputation protecting or reputation yeah, so it does really start with the brand building. Um, you know, a lot of people don't look into their brand until it is a little bit too late. Um, it's about as you are building, you know, your very early procedures and thinking about, you know, Um, the full client experience and those sort of things, thinking about every step of the way, how people are interacting with your brand so that you're constantly building trust with your audience, Mm -hmm. Um, right down to the way they purchase, the way they receive things. If if you have a service-based business, you know, when they're interacting with you, do they feel secure? Are you using... Um, you know, are you talking to them over Facebook chat, which isn't secure, or are you actually picking up the phone, talking to them using professional-based emails? This all builds a um, sense of professionability and credibility around your 
business for every little interaction. So when that something does go wrong, if you already have all of these little elements of credibility and touch points where they felt safe with you, they're still going to feel safe. They're going to have trust that you're going to fix it. Yeah. It has to be in every single part of your business. Okay. So I think, so there is a bit, there's misconceptions that PR is about wrangling the media to, to put a spin, like a spin doctor, to put a spin on how your brand does things. But you're actually talking about PR as being part of everyday systems that you set up from the get-go to onboard people, yeah. to deal with them and communicate them and then to offboard them. I, like I'm terrible. I was always terrible at offboarding um, because I was business building, business building, business building for, you know, crazy three years. And then when I sat down to look at my systems, I realized that my offboarding process was crud. And so I was just making these, you know, I'd had these really short term, super intense relationships with people. And then I like forgot to talk to them at the end. That's not fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so there's those kinds of things where you can kind of, yeah, be, be proactive about the way that you have relationships with people, right? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of offboarding systems, that's a really, really good example, making sure that when the transaction is finished, that you actually do open the door for conversation again. Um, it can be as basic, you know, these don't have to be really time consuming items. You can automate these processes. Mm. That's okay. Um, you know, you can have an automated customer email that goes out and says, hey, Thank you so much for your time and for choosing us because, you know, they could have chosen literally hundreds of thousands of different options that they chose you. So, yeah. you know, be honest and say thank you so much for choosing us and open the door for more conversation in case they do have something that's sitting on their mind that they want to talk to you about in case they do want to just bring up one small thing, say in that email, if there's anything else we can do for you, if you want to chat to us, here's how you can do it and yeah. list the different ways that they can get in contact with you and make it really, really, really transparent that you do want them to talk to you if there is a problem. Yeah, instead of going and talking to Facebook. Yeah, or <laughs> even worse than Facebook, talking to their friends. Yeah, yes. Because and in the, the yeah. end, word of mouth is the most powerful advertising that you will ever have, and it's the most powerful um, brand messaging system that you will ever have. As much as we like to think that we control brand messages, once we put them out there, we are just hoping that people replicate, replicate that message because we've given them a great service that showed that message. So if they're going and talking to their friends and complaining instead, you've just lost yourself another 10 customers yeah, and sure. the 10 customers are the 10 customers that they might talk to and it just goes on and on. So really making sure that that conversation is always open and people feel like you want to hear what they have to say is so important yeah absolutely i do have an automated one now it goes out a month after and says hey how's that copy going is it on the website yet do you want me to have a look at it and then another one three months after yeah. that that's like hey do you yeah. need a review because it i just it was just lacking it was just missing and it, you're right it does it gives the even if they don't have the problem it gives them an opportunity to go oh i was thinking about this and what do you think about this and since we've done this work this has happened and this might do you think i need to change that and so it you become part of their team that they can just they feel like they can just call on at any moment rather than going looking for something new exactly and not only that as well as the you know protecting your brand from the negative end it also gives them to point the um point of contact to go oh my god i love it thank you so much for yeah. your work and you know and there you go you just got a great testimonial for your business and that also gives them the chance to reaffirm their purchase with you 
um, as consumers, we're always looking for, if we go, um, I think Dyson is always a great example of this. If you buy a Dyson vacuum, you, for some reason, feel the need to tell everyone that you have a Dyson vacuum. Oh, for and sure. how great it is because you spent a lot of money on that purchase. And part of, yeah, we do love them, it's true. But part of telling people how great it is, we're reaffirming and re-justifying that purchase in our head. Yeah, consistently. To Every time someone brings it up, we're saying, yeah, we spent $1,000 on a vacuum, but it's amazing and you should do it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it gives them a chance to reaffirm their purchase to the, in their mind. And, you know, the, yeah, the, I might have spent a lot of money on it, but just remember, it was a great investment for me. It was a worthwhile exercise in my business. And I'm going to tell other people that they should use that time and money with that person all over again. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I remember being a bit eye-rolly when I first started out in business about PR. And I think that's because I kind of knew a few PR people and I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Um, whether it's just like the industry bred them like that or I just got unlucky, I don't know. But I think I thought it was for like big budgets, big business. And also that like I really wanted to, I really had a clear idea about how I was going to grow my brand. And it was a lot about um, connection with people using social platforms. And so I felt like PR added this kind of middleman sometimes where it wasn't, where none was needed. But then I was lucky enough to work with you and lucky enough that my brand was not imploding at the time, but when it was on the rise and I kept being asked to speak and present at various places um, on, on different platforms. Um, and the, some of the topics that I was asked to speak about were not just plain old copywriting 101. So um, I tend to, the other thing that I tend to do is always mention my resources and my team when I'm talking about business success, because I think that it really serves my audience when I'm doing my, because the things that I was asked to come and talk about is, can you come and teach our people how you did this with a chronic illness in this short amount of time? Like you seem to have cut, you know, 10 plus years off your business success trajectory. Um, and part of that was like, if I can do it with all these challenges, you totally can. And here's how I did it. And that's what I was presenting. And I think, I just keep talking about all the people that helped me get here. And I think we can smell those folks a mile off, those women who literally say, I did all this by myself. And I'm like, no, no, you didn't. You like you either had four years of degree training and a mentor at uni or 20 years of advertising or you worked in your parents' company um, or you've got this amazing support team of however many folk helping you. I don't think that it has damaged my brand at all to sing the praises of the other women who've helped me get here. And all of the women who make up my extended team, the paid ones and the, you know, just the mindset um, mastermind people. Um, and I found this really great quote online um, before we met um, by Mashables, uh, a lady called Charlene Lorby. And it says, it's just as important to be viewed as a person with a lot of talented resources as it is to be viewed as an expert. And I was like, yeah, okay. I, I feel that. I feel good about that. Um, and the other thing I think it helps uh, my brand is that nobody wants to work with somebody who can't play nicely with others. If you're like, I'm the lone wolf and I don't need anybody. Absolutely. Um, and no one is fantastic at everything. People no. want to know that if you, you might be really good at certain parts of your business and that is great. But people also want to know that if someone else can do something better than you, that you're in touch with them and yes. you're making that happen for their business. <laughs> Absolutely. And so many women, I think so, I, I talk about women all the time because I mainly work with women, but so so many women are sick of getting the runaround from 
you know, different kind of sometimes bigger agencies or, you know, they've just, they've tried to manage it themselves and they're just like, I cannot talk to one more web designer, web developer and copywriting and marketing person and social media person and PR person. And like, just tell me who I should work with. Like, I trust Mm -hmm. you, give me good advice. And I think if you can't, if you, if your brand is built on, I don't need anyone else, um, then you don't look like you have those kind of extended referral partners to to send people to um yeah so yeah absolutely it's a big part of go on sorry sorry. it's a big part of even um crowned pr as a brand we do work with a lot of people all over australia because we want to bring people the best of the best and we're not gonna you know we're not gonna sit there and hide that because it takes time and effort to build those relationships and of course we want our clients to know that we are bringing them the best from all around Australia and that reflects well on us it reflects well on the people that are coming so why wouldn't you shout that from the rooftops yeah 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 so how do you think the PRs changed in the last couple of years what are the some what are the common misconceptions besides you hire a PR person when it's all gone to shit rather than um, they help you build your brand what are some of the other things uh, the biggest misconception is that we just write a lot of media releases. <laughs> um, look, to be honest, it is a tiny part of what we do in the end of the day. Right. Well, we do write media releases, but it is the one of the smallest areas of what we do. Um, PR is a business of tools. So we always talk about our PR toolbox. Um, some of the tools sometimes is media releases. Um, sometimes it's looking at your brand from the ground up and, you know, talking about your vision, your goals, where you came from, what you want to do. Um, Sometimes it's events. Events are a big part of public relations um, because events reach out to people and give them a great brand experience. So we do things, you know, like product launches and things like that as well. Um, We have all these different tools. You know, sometimes it might be redoing a all of your marketing collateral because it doesn't actually reflect who your business is Mm. it's just so vastly mostly multifaceted um and the whole idea that oh we just get in touch with a pr company when we want to talk to the media just doesn't work like it used to anyway because a lot of the time these days with the online world that we have media is we still go to the media and we have those relationships but also media really likes coming to you these days they spend a lot of time online their journalists are members of all of your big groups um, on Facebook and things like that they're looking at the biggest events that have you know 20,000 people have clicked going and they're reaching out for the stories themselves so it's kind of gone back full circle so to really make sure that those things are happening for you you can't just look at who's reaching out for you you need to look at what you're doing so that people are coming for you not just going out and talking to the media on your behalf. People need to be coming to you all the time and you can't do that unless you're looking at your business as a whole, what you're putting out there um, and what you are saying in your key messages across every platform. Yeah, I remember when I worked for you, um, I was, and we had the, you know, we had the initial briefing call where basically I just ask you all of the personal questions about your entire life and business. And I was really surprised about, I thought we were going to be talking a lot about the features that you deliver people and the outcomes. And we talked so much strategy about, um, it felt like that was one of the main things that you saw that people really needed was that strategic way to show up online and in the media and for their brand and their business and transparency I think is one of the things that 
you know, people are a bit scared about. And you know from working with me when I worked for you that I despise the overuse of some words in brand copy, like passionate and authentic. And I did have a little chuckle. Um, personal brand expert um, uh, Sharon came in, Sharon Atwood came in and talked, taught the Chris Copy class about um, personal brand. And she has a bugbear about the word authentic in personal brand marketing because she's like, it's not what you mean. You, you say I'm authentic, but that's not actually, it's not actually what you mean because no, literally no one wants to see what warts and all. And I feel like, you know, when you were like, let's talk about transparency, it was like, yeah, that's a great topic because like I would never go on a podcast and talk about the women in business that I have, you know, on the never ending 30 day block or the bullying that I've witnessed in the business world. I might talk about that. It happens. I would never be 100% transparent and say it was this person because yeah even though that would be considered transparency so how do you how do you help people figure out where the line is where do you think the line is transparency is about um you know it's being transparent within yourself and your business um it's not about being transparent for other people. Oh, yay. There we go. There's the snippet. (laughs) That (laughs) is the line, really. You can be transparent for yourself. You can be transparent about where you've come from, what you're doing, um, you know, the goals and ambitions of yourself and even your employees, you know, with their consent, obviously, and all of that sort of thing. But you can't be transparent somebody else because that makes you a dipper dobber not transparent <laughs> I think, and I think that a lot of women think the transparency is about weakness that we shouldn't tell people that we have an extended team that we shouldn't tell people that we have a chronic illness that we shouldn't tell people that we have normal everyday human struggles because we have to put up this I'm so professional and I'm I'm building authority and I'm so you can totally trust me without showing any of the normal parts of humanity that live within your right. No one trusts that at all. And often people think if they um, go and work with someone like that, that they're going to be totally intimidated. No one wants to feel like they're going to go and work with someone and feel less. They want to feel that that person is in their corner and championing for them. And if you look like you just rose up and just have been perfect your entire life and nothing's gone wrong and your business has been perfect since day dot and you've never had a setback. How on earth is that going to relate to somebody else's business when they're asking for help? It's not because no one has had that experience. No one. Yeah. So I do a lot of talking in the Chris Copy class because it's just full of women about how picking and choosing the things that you do want to talk about as part of your brand is really important because I've never had an issue where somebody has said to me, well, maybe they just didn't choose to work with me, but then I've never run out of work either. So um, where somebody said, Oh, do you know what? I don't, I think, I think that that's going to make you not strong enough to work for our brand because of any one of the things that you talked about as part of the behind the scenes working the business. All I've ever had is people repeat language to me that I've used when talking about being a normal human um, and that's only ever worked in my favor. Um, And maybe I'm repelling the kind of people who wouldn't want to work with me, but also that's a good thing. It is. It is. And you know, strength, no one thinks strength is something that just appears. Everyone knows strength is something that comes from having to overcome things, having to constantly get back up when you've been knocked down. That is where true strength comes from. And if you're not telling anyone when you've been knocked down, they're going to go, well, where's your strength? You haven't actually demonstrated strength. It's like when you go to an interview, a job interview, people, 
every single time they ask the question, what's something you've overcome? Because yeah. they want to see what happens when you're knocked down and they want to see how strong you really are. And it's the same thing with your clients. They want to know what happened in your life to get you to where you are and build that strength. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I love the interview. I used to um, set up interviews in my old job before I was emancipated. And um, I used to always ask, what are you really bad at? And it would like, you know, you'd save it for the end, but you would be able to totally tell. And I think I can spot these women online too that write these long ranty, oh, um, you know, my content plan has said that it's time to have a woe is me post. And so I've written this really vague booking. Oh, and this happened and I was this and it was, oh my God, please. And I, you know, you just know that it's part of their content plan, but you can always pick the people who are like, oh, my, the thing that I'm not good at is I always take work home and then I end up doing too much. And I'm like, yeah, no, we don't want you then. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> Like tell us the truth. Too. I'm really bad it at math back, or I yeah. make shit coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back to vulnerability and vulnerability isn't something that's easy. We know this, you know, um, you see Benet Brown as an example, does huge TED talks on this all the time and has made an entire career out of studying vulnerability. And it's because it's not easy to be vulnerable, but without vulnerability, there is no connection between yeah. people. You have to put yourself out there a little bit for people to be willing to put themselves out there with you. Yeah. And if you're yes. asking people, you know, to trust you with their money, their business, their brand, then they need to be able to connect with you and have that trust. And that just comes from vulnerability on both sides. Yeah, I love that. I talk, oh, I love, I love that when we're talking about this, when we're talking the same language, it really thrills me because I, I talk a lot about you're expecting these people who come, when we're talking about website copy or emails or something, you know, when I'm teaching stuff and I'm like, you're expecting people to take this huge leap of faith, this massive step towards you and you're giving them nothing. It's like you're standing mm -hmm. still and just going, well, you come to me. Like, no, take a couple yeah. of steps, let the light in a little bit in the background and let them see a little bit of you so that they can decide. And a lot of it is about deciding whether they like you or not. And it's the or not that we're afraid of, that if we're transparent, it someone is. won't like me. And I think... And that's okay, though. You are yeah. not the perfect person or the perfect <gasps> business or the perfect brand for everyone. You can't be and you don't want to be because if you were trying to be the perfect brand for everyone, you're going to end up being the wishy-washy brand for everyone. Amen. Lucy, <laughs> you're a genius. This is why you're on So Crisp. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> before we wrap up, Lucy, what's So Crisp in your life right now? Uh, well, right now we're pretty excited because we've just bought on two new amazing staff. We've got a brand new um, blog writing expert. She is fantastic. I have been blown away and a new digital and PR officer in our new offices on Hay Street in Subiaco, which we're really excited about. So sexy. That is so sexy place to have an office. I just have to say. Very we're cool. so excited. We're like, yep, okay, we made it. We're good. Yeah, now we're good. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy. Oh, super, super well done. Thank you so much for coming on So Crisp, Lucy. You are unequivocally my favourite PR person. Oh, thank you so much. It was so fun to be here.
This has been So Crisp and my guest has been Lucy Tian. Lucy helps brands that have faltered or are unseen or who want to take their brand into the next dimension but aren't sure how. Bring together the best of themselves in a combination with the right PR tools and experts to execute their vision and elevate their brand to an entirely new realm. You may have noticed this is so not a regular Nuts and Bolts podcast about business. We're looking for crisp new ways to discuss wordy elements. So if you have a suggestion, drop me a line. May your day be crisper than my practiced eye roll whenever I read the word passionate on someone's website. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.